Welcome to the February 22, 2019 edition of the Overdrive Radio Podcast. I'm Todd Dills, and ladies and gentlemen, give a warm radio welcome to the one and only Mr. Long Haul Paul Marhofer. Well, I, uh, I made a big change in my life uh, about three months ago. I became a milk hauler, and uh, being a milk hauler has made me feel kind of like a rookie all over again. I drive a truck for a living, but... Milk haulers pull what are called smoothbore tanks. They're like giant thermoses. And uh, you get that milk in there and it can really slosh around. It's called a surge. And you gotta know how to do couplings. I've made a couple mistakes, but I'm proud to be a milk hauler. And I, I, some of our loads leave really late. And, you know, it seems like I was going down the road about three in the morning. Had a lot of coffee in me, a lot of Mountain Dew. I was grinding away. It seemed like I can't write a song unless I'm grinding. And uh, I wrote this song. I, I dedicate this to anyone who might be a milk hauler out there today. Stay with me. This tuning break is brought to you by Ginhart Photography. Trust Ginhart Photography with your wedding and graduation needs. Consistently rated in the top three in Indianapolis. Larry Genhart took my wedding pictures and I've been married for 37 years. And uh, trust Genhart Photography. Check them out, GenhartPhotography.com. Does that sound about right, Sharon? Deja. There it is. Thank you. 
so much. That was a bit from Long Haul Paul Marhoffer's performance February 2 in Red Key, Indiana at the Keep House Theater. In the show opening slot ahead of Bill Watermelon Slim Holmans. Regular listeners will recall the prior episode in which we shared some of Slim's performance, but if you missed it, track back through prior episodes to the February 8th edition to find it. We'll have more from Marhoffer with Newcastle, Indiana-based guitarist and luthier Sherman Stockton on acoustic slide later on in the episode, but before we get there, following is a conversation James Gillette and Carolyn Mason had with Robert Siciliano, an expert in personal security and identity theft. We've chronicled several, several stories of identity theft of both the traditional and increasingly online variety. A 2017 edition of this podcast was devoted to the story of Scott Reed of Truck Smart Solutions and the Independent Carrier Group about his long climb back from identity theft after it ruined his credit when he was hauling as an owner-operator. He suspected information gleaned by thieves from freight bills, mail theft, or other traditional non-online methods in his case. Increasingly, though, it's online scams that have proliferated. Some have seen the light of day at OverdriveOnline.com, including the recent dramatic and expensive tale of a Georgia trucker catfished by a fake online romantic relationship and tricked into wiring more than 25 grand to the other party. Robert Siciliano's got particular expertise in the online scam arena. He's the CEO of the nonprofit personal security education site Safer.me. That's S-A-F-R.me. And he's also a private investigator. He regularly consults with Fortune 500 companies about privacy and security, and you might recognize his voice from interviews in major media outlets tapping his expertise in just how people can protect themselves in, in their online interactions. You'll hear both Overdrive senior editor James Gillette, whose voice you'll recognize, I'm sure, and contributing editor Carolyn Mason here as they talk through these issues with Siciliano in the talk that follows. This is James Gillette, senior editor of Overdrive magazine and occasional contributor to the weekly Overdrive radio segment. I'm on the phone with Robert Siciliano. Uh, did I say that right, Robert? Pretty close, Siciliano. Yeah, you did great. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's a personal security expert and CEO of Safer.me, um, and he's uh, on a mission to sort of educate the public about online scams and other personal security issues. Um, and also here is uh, Carolyn Mason, who's a longtime contributor to Overdrive Magazine. And Carolyn, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Carolyn originally spoke with Robert in January after we saw reports that a truck driver who's based in, in Georgia um, had been scammed in an online romance scam. Um, by someone who initiated a, a fake uh, romantic relationship with him online, um, even sharing pictures and things, and uh, eventually convinced him to send uh, something like $25,000, uh, wire her the money, um, partially to uh, pay for airfare to get her from overseas to the United States. Um, and this poor guy went uh, looking for her at the airport, and she was not there, and realized he had been the victim of a of a romance scam. Um, and apparently these are pretty common. Uh, the FTC just put out a report last week saying that 21,000 people last year filed complaints saying that they had been victims of online romance scams to the tune of $143 million being lost. Uh, and those are, you know, the only ones that were actually reported to the FTC. Obviously there are many that weren't reported, uh, 
don't you think, Robert? Um, sort of what's your take on that and, and why are these scams so prominent and successful? Yeah, no question. Far many uh, scams are happening than are actually reported. Uh, you know, it's um, embarrassing. Uh, and people don't want to often come forward when they realize they've been scammed because they feel, you know, silly and devastated in some cases. And they quickly realize that they're not going to get their money back. So some of them just say, you know, why bother? Uh, I did a presentation to a banking uh, association not too long ago, and I uh, talked about romance scams. And at the very end of my program, the CEO of the bank got up and he said, listen, you know, everyone here needs to understand that we have uh, a client of the bank coming into the bank every single week, you know, 52 times a year, looking to make a significant wire transfer uh, in regards to a romance scam. And, and the bank employees have to educate that person that, you know, what they're about to do is, you know, throw away their money. Uh, so it, it's very real. It's happening a lot more than people think. And I think it's also very important that people understand that, you know, when this happens, it, it's not because the person who gets scammed is stupid. It's because the person is human. This is a very plausible scam. Like it, it, it makes sense that, you know, a person would get all riled up when they're being addressed in, a, in an emotional way and that they're, they're being enticed with love and romance and, and, and sex. You know, we're humans here. And, and, and the ultimate desire is to be with someone else. And it's, it's a perfectly normal feeling. But it's not normal when there's money involved. Those that are on the road, people who travel a lot, people who are you know unmarried or unhappy in their marriages, uh, people that um, are uh, you know divorced and a little bit older, or widowed or widowers that are a little bit older are more susceptible. You know, I've always said that um, you know loneliness. Uh, trumps common sense all day long. And it just does. Uh, loneliness is an awful, awful feeling. You know, I don't know anyone who has not gone through periods of loneliness in their lives. I certainly have in my 20s. And I remember a lot of bad decisions that I made uh, as a result of being lonely. And for me, those bad decisions, you know, meant uh, unhealthy, destructive relationships. Um, and, uh, you know, for, for others, that might mean, you know, um, a romance game. So, you know, no matter where you are in your life, whenever the phone rings or an email comes in or uh, somebody is soliciting you online, uh, if you sign up for an online dating service, if you um, are on social media and somebody contacts you in any way, shape or form saying that they're interested in you, uh, that might feel good initially, but Frankly, it should be a red flag. Even if you've actually signed up for an online dating service uh, and you're expecting to be contacted, you should be suspect of every single person that communicates with you, regardless of what they say, what their photo looks like, what their story is. Every single communication, especially when it's virtual like that, should be suspect. Jumping off from there, um, there's also seems to be a lot of um, of the scammers posing as military stationed overseas, and they have um, these fake photo uh, Facebook identities that show them in in um, 
military gear, is that, um, is that something that you're seeing? I mean, is that a trend uh, that you're seeing now? Well, you know, what that revolves around is, you know, the fact that this um, person is inaccessible. That's what, that, that's what it all boils down to. You know, whether they're out of state or out of the country, uh, whether their role is, you know, being in the military or, um, you know, they're traveling on business, what, whatever the hell they say, if they aren't immediately accessible to you, meaning like they can't just drive to you or walk to you for that matter, uh, or get on a plane on their own and get to you, then that's also a red flag. Uh, you know, fortunately, you know, the article that, um, Overdrive Online provided in this podcast uh, is is a form of awareness that as long as you're listening to this, you should be fine. Like you should not make the same mistake that others have, because now you know. Uh, but there are you know tens of millions of people out there that aren't paying attention, and some of them you know don't want to believe that they could be hoodwinked and that this would never happen to them. And the moment that the phone does ring or the email comes in or the instant message pops up or the chat box opens that, you know, this person is, yes, in fact, interested in me, when maybe they might be, but the likelihood is it's a scam. You know, I signed up for a number of online dating sites. I'm, I'm a married guy. I have two kids, and I, but I'm a researcher, and I, and, I, and I expose scams. And I signed up for a number of online uh, dating sites, posing as a woman. And um, within, and, and my research showed that generally within five to six communications, whether it was via email or text message or instant message, within five to six communications, they began to talk love and marriage. They began to discuss, you know, the, how their heart breaks and they want to be with me and that they miss me so much. And, you know, they, they're talking about kids and they're talking about marriage. And then within seven to nine communications, they're speaking or talking about you know, wanting to fly to meet me or, you know, that they want me to fly to meet them. And then within, you know, nine to 10 communications, it's about money. Okay. So now in regards to this flight, you know, someone's got to pay for it. And I'm thinking, because you're such an independent woman, this is what the scammer is saying, because you're such an independent woman, I want you to pay half. And so just wire me half the money and then I'll pay for it. And, you know, when, and when you get here, you know, you know, well, I'll, I'll, I'll pay for all of your accommodations. And so it, you know, makes it that much more enticing. And then once the, once the money is wired, the, the, the next thing is they know that they've got you hook, line and sinker. They know they've got a, you know, a, a fish on the end of the hook. And then they'll begin to find all kinds of reasons why you know, the victim, in this case, me, has to wire even more money to them. And they'll come up with a number of different, you know, sob stories about how, uh, you know, I, I can't meet with you, but I, I do still want to see you. Meanwhile, you know, uh, I'm trying to start a business over here, or my business is very successful, but I just got, you know, a fine because my brother did something stupid, didn't file the paperwork properly. Can you wire me $500 so I can pay this fine? And, and, and they'll just keep finding ways in which, you know, to get you to wire money. And before you know it, you might be five, 10, 15, 25, $100,000 in the hole and, and not even see it coming. And, and you, don't, you don't even mind wiring the money 
because you're being fulfilled emotionally via phone, text, email, instant message. And as long as you're being fulfilled emotionally, meaning that like your emotional needs are being met where the loneliness is no longer a factor, you feel good because you have a relationship with somebody. And that wiring money thing it doesn't even affect you because as long as you're feeling love, as long as you're feeling compassion and, and passion, as long as you're, you're feeling that you're needed, then you're going to continue to continually send money because you're human. Your, me, your needs are being met and it all feels normal to you. You know, me saying all this and us discussing this doesn't seem normal, but when you're in the thick of it, it's perfectly normal. And that's why uh, people get bit and why it costs them so much money. Hey, Robert, with, with so many truck drivers on Facebook these days and, and just, you know, pretty much everyone having a Facebook account these days, um, it seems like that's kind of a, a place where these scammers are, are um, you know, exploiting, you know, that they can have some fake profile and um, that type of thing. And I know you've already mentioned that if someone reaches out to you. That's almost sort of immediately a red flag. Um, and, but, you know, it's, it's other than Facebook and, and Facebook included, you know, how are these, how are these scams sort of are the nuts and bolts of how they are uh, perpetrated, so to speak? Pretty simple. So, you know, we've mentioned a number of times, phone calls, emails, social, you know, chats and so forth. So I'm on Facebook, you know, just like everybody else. And I don't necessarily spend a lot of time on that. I do it for my business, but you know, I'm not really you know, talking a lot about myself, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm discussing, you know, the world and what's going on as far as crime and crime prevention, but I'm getting friend requests, you know, every day at this point. And I check out those friend requests. I want to see who's requesting my friendship. You know, are they looking to learn more about, you know, scam prevention? Are they looking to actually be friends? Are they looking to connect from high school or whatever? And at least every other day, I'm getting a friend connection from usually a woman uh, usually, you know, um, uh, you know, as far as the standards of what is considered attractive, she's usually very attractive, uh, usually, you know, young, when I say young, like in her 20s, uh, and usually, you know, have lots of photos that, that are of clothing that isn't, you know, all that covering, basically like, you know, little skirts and, and small tops and and fun hair and really pretty and big lips and the whole thing, like everything that you would think of when you think of, of a pinup, right? Like sort of, sort of uh, designed and, from the ground up to be exploitative in a sense. A hundred percent. And, 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 the, and then when you look at her actual profile, you know, the, 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 the idiot that set the profile up was, was not paying attention. And half the time the profile is like, is based on a guy. You know, it's, it's, if you look at it and if you read it, it's a him, I, even though all the pictures are girls, you know, so they didn't even like do their research as far as like determining their, their gender, you know, so it comes across as a guy's profile, but it's a female wanting my friendship. And she probably has 10 friends at this point, And they're all guys, right? Because, you know, they're, the, the person's only connecting with guys. and uh, and, and what they're hoping for is that I friend them. And so when I friend them, they'll go through my friends list and they'll begin to friend all of my friends, because if I'm a friend with them, then why wouldn't all my friends be friends with them and so forth? 
And so they're usually pretty telltale, you know, and, and then, and, and if you do friend them, you immediately get an instant message, you know, hi, sweetie. I'm so glad you connected with me. I have so much to offer you. Let's chat, you know, hit me up on, 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 on this particular website or, you know, give me a phone number or your email address or we can just, you know, chat right here. And as soon as you engage, as soon as you respond or reply or provide any information, you are literally going down the proverbial rabbit hole and going into their domain, into their world, into their web of lies. And it, and they know exactly what to say to you. They know exactly what to do. They know exactly what picture to send next, what words to communicate to you. They're literally copying and pasting from a script to get you deeper into that rabbit hole. Like they're using social psychology that has been proven over and over and over again to, to, to hook you. And they know, you know, that there's a certain part of the population that will uh, easily succumb to their, you know, uh, fraud. And they're just going to keep going after, you know, everybody they possibly can. And uh, it's only a small percentage of the population, but, you know, they only need one person a month to, to scam. And they can make tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, they can make more in a month or a year than most of us can make in, you know, a decade as, as long as they latch on to the right person. I got a friend in the Boston area, his mom in her mid-60s, her, her husband died, my friend's father died, and, and she, you know, fell a, a victim to one of these scams. This is my friend who's my, who, who, he's a financial advisor. He told his mom to be aware of this stuff. She didn't want to listen to him. And within a year, um, she, you know, she on Match.com, you know, became victim for one of these things. And within three months, she sent two hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars to some scumbag. Wow! Within three months, you know, like how is that even possible? You might ask. It, it is depending on the nature of the ruse and the amount of money the person has in the bank and how lonely they are. I mean, the the the, the physics of this scam actually make total sense um coming from the victim of a coming from the standpoint of the perpetrator and and a lot of these scams are just basically run out of like a, an office space somewhere overseas correct like with a group of other people within there it's not like an individual somewhere tricking you it's part of an organized effort by a group of professionals right exactly and they're functioning out of internet cafes where you've got you know, 10, 20 people that are there all day long and they get a, uh, a percentage of the sales and they're being, um, you know, told exactly what to say and what to do. And I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's very well organized. Uh, th th this, I mean, there are certainly, you know, the, the, the rogue scammers out there that are proficient at it. Uh, but yeah, it is. I mean, if you ever saw the the movie Boiler Room, it, it's 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 they're they're functioning in an organized environment with scripts that they know will work, and they do work. I had a um, friend that I was talking to whose mom got older mom widowed, got scammed for about a hundred thousand dollars. And um, two things: first of all, she even after she was informed by her son it was a scam, she she admitted later that she, in spite of all the shame, she missed the buzz and the thrill of being, you know, of the um, communication. But, um, and he just 
just said he just couldn't not deal with that. That just seemed so, so crazy to him. But then about a couple months after she was scammed, she got an email from a lawyer saying that he was helping others like her um, with, you know, trying to recover the scam money. And so for a, a retainer of something like $5,000, he would add her to his list of people he was helping get the money back. And the son jumped on that. And as it turned out, that's like part two of the scam. So the lawyers, <laughs> the fake lawyers come in. That that is that something you've heard too? Or you end up on a sucker list. <sighs> and w once you're on the sucker list, they will contact you until you're dead. And that's it. You know, un until your your phone number no longer works, or your email no longer works, or you're not physically at that address, or you're physically dead, they will contact you for the rest of your life. Because once they know you're, 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 you're basically a pawn, you're vulnerable, you're naive, you're susceptible, you have the mindset that will, you know, go to Western Union or MoneyGram or whatever, or, you know, you bust out your credit card, or your social security number, or whatever, they, whatever it is that they're after, once they know you're an easy mark, they'll, they'll work you to, to the end of your days. And, you know, getting back to the, the woman's story about how she misses the thrill of it. Look, you know, I mentioned uh, something like this at, at, in, in this call. We all long to be desired. I mean, we all want to be wanted. Uh, we all want to be needed. We all want to serve a higher purpose. And we, we just do. Uh, there's no getting around that. And we all get our comfort in a number of different ways. We, some, some people get that comfort via food. Others get it via alcohol. Others get it via illicit drugs. Others get it via prescription drugs. You know, others get it via um, the addiction to another human, whether a healthy relationship or not. Uh, so, you know, some get it from TV. Like we all, you know, have our vices and, and, and our wants and our needs. And uh, some of it, some of us at certain points in our life may find that we're only satisfied through companionship. And some people are perfectly happy to pay the money via wire transfer uh, for somebody they've never met in their life. And, but that person is providing them a level of comfort in, in, in want and need and desire. And they're okay spending the money, even though they know that this is probably a scam. They're okay with it because it's the most fun and excitement that they've got since, you know, the last time they went to the casino. And you know, others in their life can't understand it. And how would they or should they, you know, it's just, but that's just part of being human. If you, if you do fall victim to a scam, Robert, um, you know, if you've gotten duped and you've wired some money and then you realize it, uh, what should you do? You know, what's your, what's the proper way to go about handling that afterward? Is there any, any, anything that someone could do to try to get their money back or anything like that? Well, the first thing to do is uh, to contact uh, whatever authority or what, what, whatever, um, you know, company, I guess, that you had um, uh, sent those funds through. So let's just say it's Western Union, right? I mean, that's uh, usually where these transactions are beginning and ending. Uh, contact, you know, Western Union or, or your bank, or whoever it is responsible for wiring those, trans those fees, those, that money, and see if they can put a stop to any of it. That, that, that's where you begin. That's the first call you should make. And nine out of 10 times, you're not going to get a penny back. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't try. 
uh, and then um, contact somebody in your life that uh, is, you know, uh, close to you uh, or somewhat, you know, responsible uh, to you or for you and uh, have them intervene. Uh, you know, in this case, you know, the woman's son is uh, somebody that can oversee you uh, realizing, you, you know, that you might have been defrauded. You know, have somebody step in and, and say, you know, listen, I need help. I, make sure I don't do this again. Uh, it's, it's, they can oversee you going forward. Uh, have somebody, whether it's somebody at your bank or, 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 or even a neighbor or a loved one or a family member, to oversee your finances, to get more control over these things for you. And look, any of the authorities, so FBI, local police, definitely talk to the local police, definitely talk to the local FBI office because you may not be the only person in the area. And the FBI more than likely won't do anything, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't contact them because they are in the best position to uh, help you in some cases. And also contact your local attorney general and then the state attorney general. They're usually the ones that deal with most consumer fraud. And your state's attorney general can um, point you in all kinds of directions, maybe have you fill out various forms, or in some cases, assign you someone that will look over you to make sure that, that might not happen to you again. I'm on a Facebook site with, with truckers, and um, I've had a flurry of friend requests that I reported to Facebook, and they immediately um, marked them as spam and took them down. And then within seconds, the same people would pop up with another friend request with a different hometown and have been on Facebook for, you know, 10 minutes. Uh, but I did appreciate that Facebook did um, take some action. Do you recommend contacting all of your social media if that's where they um, targeted? It's great that it's great that Facebook does do that, and you know it does require intervention on the user's behalf. You know, like what you did and what I always do, and I I usually mark it as you know fraud or spam or an imposter or whatever. And Facebook usually does a pretty good job of taking it down. You know, keeping in mind that that is a game of whack-a-mole and, you know, like mushrooms, they just pop up left and right. And, you, know, you can only do so much. So, you know, ultimately awareness is the key I and mean, you could spend all day, every day whacking moles. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't. Um, it, 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 it's always a good idea to also, you know, in, in, in the forum that you're on and on the page that you're on, in that case, you know, the group that you're in. Uh, is to bring awareness to it. You know, hey, everyone, uh, if you get a friend request from this one or that one, uh, beware because it's definitely a scam and he or she has no intentions of getting in a romantic relationship with you. That sounds good. And just like you said, continuously trying to draw attention to the red flags and um, just the, the typical ways that people are targeted. So if anyone asks you for any amount of money that that should be the end of the relationship in your opinion is that a good yeah yeah the, the, you know the only the absolute only solution to this problem is awareness i mean that is it there's, there's no other mechanism to solve this other than to be aware of the actual ruse how it plays out what the you know methodologies are what the process is and once you recognize uh, what that all adds up to, then you have a much better chance of recognizing risk when the email comes in, the phone call comes in, the chat, the request, and 
all that. And, and it requires an ongoing education campaign that, you know, doesn't end uh, today. It's, it's, it's forever. So um, uh, constant reminders to potential victims. And, and look at, you know, truckers in this case are a niche, you know, in the sales process, whatever you're selling, whatever your widget is, uh, there's going to be a niche. There's going to be a certain audience for that product, a certain buyer. Um, that's what that's what scams are. There's a certain victim for every scam, a certain profile type, an age, of, an, uh, an income, uh, uh, a certain, you know, uh, whether they are naive or not and so on. Uh, there's a certain, you know, mindset that uh, works for certain scams and not for others. Uh, you know, the grandparent scam targets grandparents and ones that may be, uh, you know, um, on Facebook and have their family listed. And whereas, you know, other scams target, say, you know, in this case, truckers that uh, their profile says they're not in a relationship uh, and that, um, you know, they're complaining about, you know, being on the road all the time. And, and that's a perfect mark for a particular scammer. So knowing that about yourself, uh, if, if that in fact is you, you know, your relationship status is, is single or complicated or whatever it might be, uh, that you are a potential mark for these scams, knowing that now so that you can do something about it in the future so you don't become victimized. I think that, you know, the audience here should share this podcast. They should tell their friends. Uh, they should take it to heart. And, you know, know that we're all human here. You know, P.T. Barnum once said that there is a sucker born every minute. I'm going to take that one step further. I, I, I think, I think purely every single one of us, all three of us on this call, everybody walking the planet, everybody is a potential sucker. You know, I, I look at my own life and I study this stuff. I've probably been scammed, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 times in my life when I think about it. And that's in various relationships I've been in, whether it was, you know, uh, I'm a heterosexual, so a female, or relationships with friends that like came in my life and then left, you know, that, that were just scumbags and stole from me or screwed me over or, or cheated on my girlfriend or whatever, like people in my life that have screwed me over, you know, things that I've bought that were scams, investments I've made that ultimately were scams. You know, like, and, and that's not because I'm stupid. It's because I got a lot going on. It's because you do a lot of things and you're into all kinds of stuff. And, 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 and people are like at this, all, my, my dad and I have this ongoing dialogue that there isn't a day that goes by that there's not somebody out there trying to pick our pocket, whether it's a government agency or a utility or friggin' Comcast or like anyone really like, you know, people that we meet, there's always somebody trying to pick our pocket, double bill us or take something that it's not there, not theirs, you know, so know that like, we all have a sucker in us. And as long as you recognize that about yourself, that you are fallible, I mean, hell, you're human, you're fallible, you're potentially vulnerable. And you don't like just, you know, bang through life with ego and think, you know, I've got this covered, I know what I'm doing, and you can't be told anything. If you can't be told anything, if you're not at all pliable or flexible, well, then you're screwed. You know, if you're up to learning something and that realize that you're not, you know, 100% that you can be victimized, then you've got a much better chance of preventing this from happening in your own life. Awesome, Robert. This has been fantastic, man. Thanks for all the great info and thanks for talking with us about this. Thank I'm you. online Thanks, at safer.me. Safer, it's S-A-F-R dot M-E. Look, check me out, email me, tell me your, your situation. I'll help you through it. Maybe help you try to, try to solve a problem here and there. I got a blog. I got all kinds of info that I can provide to you know, keep everybody up to speed. 
Shifting gears back to Marhofer, here are two what uh, two that regular readers of OverdriveOnline.com may have heard before. The first, a rendition of the first song I ever heard from Long Haul Paul. It was where all of us here at Overdrive got our introduction to his music when he entered this track in the 2015 Trucker Talent Search, where he was among three finalists. Here we go.
This is a little thing called The Odious Death of the Cracker King. And uh, I was listening to a book, uh, an audio book called The Dolorous Passion of Our Lord and Savior. It was a vision a nun saw. And in the meantime, I was listening to this guy's story and they all sort of, it's, it's like a piece of J.B. Weld. You just take those two components and mash them together like a composite, composite. He was a different land, different town. He did what it took to make a hand from Okeechobee to Alabama. Go get you a truck built for speed. A bag of dust they call chicken feed. You stayed in the saddle till your nose would bleed. Just get them cows to Abilene. When your woman said sugar, when you gone so down, you just smiled and said, Baby, baby, come next around. Great boys out of Pompano with your panty loafers and the best to blow. You loaded the ride when the man said, Go and meet Hans Point. One day's time, I followed you once out of Moss, your main. You had a stainless spread with a double frame. You were pushing 50 tons through the jaws of rain, headed for the Georgia line. Get the rides on her 
I said, Sam, they said he'd seen you in old San home. You were sleeping on pallets, you were polishing chrome. You'd lost your truck, you'd lost your home. You barely had a tooth in your head. There's plenty of jobs even done around here. I could pay you enough to keep you in beer. He took a deep breath, I heard his voice clear. And then the line went dead. He was back in Amarillo, laid the plow in the cashier said He finally hit the wall. All he had in his coat was some Demerol and an empty bottle of wine. And in the sweat stained stench, he used to be a shirt. Was a picture of Rita in that miniskirt. Looking so fine, it made a poor boy hurt. She was leaning on her three fifty nine. It was a different lamb, different town. What we call hard work, they now call a crime. From Ogachoga to that bad line, them boys just knew on time. Early on in the podcast, you heard Marhofer make mention of Indianapolis-based photographer Larry Gendhart doing a, quote, tuning break. Long-haul Paul always manages to turn those into a bit of comedy. Later on in the set, he brought Gendhart up to the stage to show his prowess, prowess in playing the spoons, and it's that track that will round out this podcast. Until next time, stay pro out there. story about Larry Gendhart. 30 years ago, I was a truck driver and a dropout from the Ball State University English program. And all I could really do was write songs. And every Thanksgiving, I would sing the songs I had written to Larry and my beautiful mother-in-law and their family, and Larry would say, Paul, you've really got to do something with these songs, but I didn't know quite how to do it. And finally, he's here, and we're all here. Two, three, four. Time out. You've traveled too far to hear a poorly tuned guitar. The Arctic Vortex got me, and I got stuck out. I, I climbed out of a 2003 Peterbilt this morning and, and, and committed the cardinal sin of, sin of all entertaining. I strung my guitar just hours before performing. There we go. Two, three, four. Sugar, I need a saving coat to know. I'm gonna 